that makes possible is that you can get the Google picture taken care of. On the downside, you will have to do a little bit more work if you're not trying to feed it to Google, if you're trying to feed it to LinkedIn or Microsoft or Meta or some of these others. Google will tell you, like, you know, Mufasa did, you know, oh, don't worry about that over there. That's not part of your domain. But you can still do it using some third-party tools. I'd be happy to talk to you about that later. But I think the case can be made that you should share your information with Google, that you can answer questions like I've got here. Google will start to understand which are the best performing, what are the other attributes of those people that it knows about, we may not know about, that allows it to go after more like them. When and where are they? What Google products are they using when they're most susceptible or interested in the message that you carry? So it will know how to use that information using its AI. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Glenn. Love it. Uh, if there are questions from the audience, feel free to write them in the chat. We'll uh, pick them up from there. Actually, there is one from Carol already, which is asking whether you're talking about the Google click identifier uh, or something else within GA4. So, uh, yeah, they don't make it easy. There is uh, something called a... Uh, gclick id or gclid uh and that is specifically if it was drawn driven from google ads okay. so yes that is an important one um a user another user id that you may have if you have an app or if you have a SaaS platform where there is a session identifier uh that allows you to connect it back to their subscription or other record information that you have, maybe they're on a trial. Right. So you can you can use a number of those, but yes, the one that would be most valuable to Google Ads would be the GCLID. Okay, so that is what you were talking about exactly. So a couple of reaction from my side. Uh, meanwhile, like if there are other questions from the audience, uh, one, I found this topic particularly intriguing because like people would think that you're crazy. Saying something like that. As yeah, right, that's a very I get that statement, which I love. Uh, but it does make sense because, like, the underlying assumption, as far as I can tell, that you're kind of advocating for is the fact that Google is always going to be better at connecting data with outputs than you are going to be in any circumstance, pretty much. Would you agree with that? Is that like the underlying assumption? Did I read that correctly in between the lines? If you and I were talking about this 10 years ago when AI was more of a theoretical, right. we would probably have agreed and said, there's going to be a company that will have this capability. Right. And I think Google is pretty much there. They are, you know, they, they shrouded in secrecy. Uh, right. they, they black box it. Uh, that right. annoys me. However, uh, if I look at the way that they're designing campaigns today, mm. the majority of them and the ones that we are being steered towards are driven by AI. 
Right. So, so, and they would not bet the farm on AI unless they were convinced that their algorithm oh, yeah. can really do it. Right. That they have to report public AI. numbers. Yeah, there, there is an actual ROI which works at scale for pretty much everyone. Yeah, That's and right. it's also like a like a flywheel growth engine for them to grow for the next 15, 25 years. That's their gambit. And so and yeah. it's an auction environment. Right. So let's never forget that if our competitors are going there before we are, right. then we will be at a disadvantage in the auction. So where does the Bing plus OpenAI relationship uh, lands versus Google? Yep. Like uh, lots of people are talking about, oh my God, Google is in danger, existential danger because of this. What's your take? Is that the case or? Two, two, two parts to the answer. Yeah. So number one, and I've even spoken to people directly at Google and at Microsoft about this, and they agree okay. that if you are speaking to one, of those ad platforms that uh, their system works best when you provide them that information. And I'm happy to say that there are ways to do exactly what I've described with Google, mm -hmm. with Microsoft ads, with LinkedIn, right. they're, they're out there. The other thing that they will say under, you know, under their breath is that what they're not good at is understanding multi-touch attribution right if it goes outside of their walls right so a marketer still has i think the responsibility when they're slicing the pie on their right. media to figure out what channels are deserving of money at certain points in their funnel right and that we still have to manage that like we integrated approach between like the microsoft and the google of the world and every other channel that might be relevant to you essentially we have to almost be the referees in the game right yes. right right which is you know a fair point on one end on the other end it's kind of the black hole of like marketing like multi-touch attribution what like this uh you know unicorn that no one ever resolved in like a I satisfactory know. enough way which i love it i i think my point there is the where you go crazy is when you try to drill it down to uh too small a level like individual yeah. And as we know with privacy, we won't be able to do that. Right, right, so right. just keep it an aggregate, right? Yeah. Like, again, this is why something like unit economics, where you yeah. try to and use rough cool. numbers, it's a model. But Just curious about your reaction on this one as a, as a yeah. way to wrap up this session. So when it comes to multi-touch attribution or attribution in general, part of the problem for what I can tell is that attribution is really a story uh, based on a certain number of data points that you want to prioritize or put a premium on. And so yes. that story might change based on the data points that you're looking at. And different stories or like different storylines tell the overarching narrative, kind of looking at an elephant and like, you know, touching the leg a little bit and the tail a little bit and the, right? So whether, whether we're worrying about from first to last click or you're doing like the media mix model, right. or you're doing incrementality, 
Right. You're right. All of them, it's like glasses. They're just right. ways to lens. view. Yeah, it's yes. a lens. And yes. does the lens jive with what you know when you walk around and you hear how clients you right. know, became clients? Uh, and if it's helpful to you in those ways, and I think it will be, you can make better decisions. Right. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for watching. Let Glenn know how his session was with the quick survey that you can see in the chat. Um, thank you so much. Very appreciate it.